I read you 20-some verses this morning, 16 tonight. You can always almost count that as a chapter today, amen? <laughs> it's one of three, right? <laughs> so also is the resurrection of the dead. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 42. I thank you for your giving. If we didn't already thank you. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. I think it's the Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you, they'll use this verse to say that we are not going to heaven. They'll say flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But they stop there and they don't read the next verses. Because when you read on, it tells us the secret. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, die, but we, all, we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So we won't be this flesh and blood anymore. We'll be changed. Therefore, we can go to heaven. Amen? So if you want to stay down here for the rest of your life, for eternity on this earth, become a JW. But if you want to go to heaven, amen? <laughs> Serve Jesus. We shall be changed. For this corruptible, verse 53, must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God, excuse me, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Then one verse out of Romans. I don't know if I gave that to him, but you have to trust me if they don't have it. Romans 8 and 11. Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord on resurrection power. Resurrection power. 
Let us pray. Reverend Tuig, sir, would you please pray over our message and messenger? Amen, amen. You may be seated. Come April, what is it, April 9th this year, Reverend? Easter. Come April 9th, we will celebrate Easter. That's always a wonderful time in God's house. And oftentimes, we focus on the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the signal event that makes salvation uh, open for all of us. And so it's appropriate on that day to stop for a minute and say, man, thank God Jesus rose from the dead and he made a way for us to rise again. But to limit the resurrection to Easter alone is to do a great disservice because the resurrection and the teaching of the resurrection was not limited to just what happened to Jesus. Matter of fact, Paul very clearly begins to teach us that there is a resurrection for us. Now that's good news. Because if you ever had a backache, or you ever had a, a, a knee ache, or you ever had something go wrong in your body, or maybe you woke up and you're, you're, you had a crook in your neck, or you had a, a pain that, that just wouldn't go away, and you said, man, this old body, I wish, it, I wish it would do better. I wish I wouldn't have to be in this pain. Well, one day, this body is going to die, and if we are Christians, we're going to be given a new body. A body that won't stink. I'm not sure how, how loud that, that amen should be if you're sitting next to somebody. Amen. <laughs> they, may, they may get the, the hint. I'm not sure. <laughs> a body that won't get tired. A body that won't be in pain. A body that won't suffer what our natural body does. And so when we talk about the resurrection and getting to heaven, that is a joyous occasion. We are looking forward to the resurrection. We are looking forward to having a new body. Amen. No longer corruptible, no longer weak, no longer bound by this humiliating flesh that we have to carry around. We are going to be given a new body. But the resurrection isn't just limited to the time that we leave this earth and we end up in heaven. There is a spiritual resurrection that God wants every one of us to have. I was in the army. Matter of fact, when I was in the army, they didn't have this particular thing I'm talking about. They did have what we called meals ready to eat. They were plastic bags that had a day's worth of calories stuffed into them. Um, spaghetti and meatballs and crackers and cheese whiz type cheese and peanut butter and little things. Dehydrated meat patties and dehydrated fruit and you would take them out in the field and add water to them, and you just had to eat them. Now, after I got out of the Army, they improved these meal ready-to-eat. They called them MRE, and they put warmers in them. When we were in it, we had to eat the food cold. No big deal. You're hungry enough. You eat whatever. Amen? But then they included these warmers, and the warmers were a plastic bag. Have you ever seen them, Brother Tui? They were a plastic bag. He was in the army too. He ate all his meals cold. <laughs> or heated them up some other way. But in the plastic bag, they had a flat envelope that had this chemical in the envelope. 
and you would add water to this plastic bag, it would activate the chemical, and then you would slip your entree package in there, and the chemical and that water would begin to boil, and it would heat your food. Well, it didn't take us long. Uh, th again, this was after I got out. I was a pastor, and uh, there were some young soldiers there to figure out how to use that chemical and water for nefarious purposes. <laughs> and so we would take plastic bottles, like uh, empty two liters of Coke or whatever, and you'd crush up that chemical, and you'd drop it in there. And then you'd take a little bit of water, quarter cup or whatever, and you'd tighten, the tighten up the lid real good, and then you'd throw it way out in the yard. And from a long distance away, you'd watch it. And you had to hope that you got the, the chemical mixed just right, didn't add too much water and mess it up. But if you got it right, after about 30 seconds or so, you'd see the plastic beginning to expand. And it would expand and expand, and suddenly it sounded like a gunshot. Boom! And that thing would fly off because all of that, all of the chemical and that reaction on the inside bottled up with that cap, it had to go somewhere. And I got to thinking about that as a Christian because sometimes we've got things that are, are, are bottled within us and the devil wants to come by and say it's too late for you, you might as well die, you might as well give up, there is no hope, so on and so forth. But there is a resurrection power inside every Christian who when we begin to tap into that and let God do something, we mix it with faith, something on the inside, it does not can not stay bottled up very long. It's got to come out. Resurrection power is not meant to stay buried. Matter of fact, the world uses the term buried, but I like to think about planted. If you think about a seed, you might bury the seed, but really you're planting it because you're expecting it to come alive again. Now, every one of us in our lives, we face times of death, physical death, yes, but times of spiritual death, times of emotional or relational death. There may be times you look around and say, man, I, I had hopes that this thing was going to work out, but now it's dead. Man, I really had hopes that this relationship was going to be good, or I really had hopes that I was, I was going to rise up out of this, but now all of my hopes and my dreams and that which I planned for, it just seems to have died. Maybe you had plans to do something in your life, and some curveball took place. I was thinking about a baseball player. His name was Dave Dravecki, and I did not research it. It's coming off the top of my head, so if I get a little bit off, perhaps you can be merciful with me. But Dave Dravecki was a baseball player. He was a pitcher, and he developed some type of cancer, I believe, in his throwing arm. And he went through the, 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 uh, the treatment, and after he went through the treatment, he actually came back, and he wrote a book about it. And I don't remember the exact title, but it might have been something like Comeback, something like that. But after he had come back from the cancer and wrote a book about it, the cancer returned, and he had to have his arm amputated. And then he wrote another book. Something along the lines when, when you can't come back or after the comeback along the lines. He was a Christian. He was talking about finding the positive uh, inspiration in every circumstance. 
And sometimes we look at it and we say, man, this is a death. There's nothing that we can do to come up out of this. But when we talk about a resurrection, there are three requisite things for there to be resurrection power. There must be a death. There must be the Spirit of God. And there must be faith. Amen. So sometimes when you're looking down at your job situation or your family situation or your body situation or you're looking at your financial situation and you say, man, all I see is death. You ought to rejoice. You got one of the prerequisites for resurrection. Amen. Now here's what I want you to understand. The resurrection is always better than the original. You plant a seed. But that seed, the Bible said, unless a corn, a grain of wheat fall into the ground and do what? Die. Unless that seed die, it remains alone. But when that seed dies, stay with me, after a while it comes to life and there is a tree or a fruit that comes from it. That which comes after the death was greater than the death. The resurrection was greater than the original. Amen. That's what Paul was trying to say in the book of 1 Corinthians. He said, it is sown, our body, as we die, it is sown in corruption. Meaning this old body is going to decay, be eaten by worms. It's going to uh, 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 decompose. But then he goes on to say, but it's raised in incorruption. The resurrection is better than the original. You staying with me? Come on to church, man, it's Sunday night, you ought to be, hopefully you got your Sunday siesta and you, you had your good lunch and you're ready to have church, amen? Don't work the preacher to death, jump in with me a little bit. He said it is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. And so we look at our failures and we look at our, our situations and our circumstances and the things that went south. He said, but don't worry about it. Out of that dishonor can come glory. The resurrection is better than the original. He goes on to say it's sown in weakness. But it's raised in power. When we look at the situations in our life and say there's nothing I can do about it. I come to the end of myself. That's when the resurrection can begin to take place. Because until we die to self, we cannot be resurrected and have the power of God operating in our life. And that's why so many Christians end up being weak and powerless all their life. Because they never want to fully surrender to God. They always want to keep their hand in it. They've always got their own plan. Plans. They've always got the, their own situations instead of saying, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to obey. I surrender to you. Amen. Reverend Hill, stand and testify. Amen. Amen. Much better. Thank you. Appreciate that. Always good. Uh, Reverend Tuhig, Reverend Hill, Reverend Schaefer, Reverend uh, Groves helping us out. We appreciate them. The resurrection is always better than the original. He said it is sown or planted a natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body. He said the first Adam was made a living soul. But the last Adam or the second Adam was made a quickening spirit. So we begin to understand I've got to have a death. And sometimes that's why Paul says I die 
daily. What was he saying? The resurrection that I could have daily is better than that old life that I allowed to live in, in, in me. I must die to my flesh, die to self, die to comfort, and say, God, I want to do what you want me to do. Amen? We must have a death, and we must have the Spirit of God. Now, just, I don't think I need to do this disclaimer, but we're not saying to take your own life. When we say die to self, just for clarity's sake, we're not saying, matter of fact, that is a one-way ticket to hell. You can't kill because killing is what you do when you kill yourself. That's a sin and still go to heaven. Amen? Amen? All right. So we're not saying that. No matter how bad you think it is, there's a God that loves you and get you out of that situation. He cares. Amen? There must be a death. We must die to ourselves and our ways, our dreams, so that God and Christ can live in us and through us. And there must be the Spirit of God. And so think about this. Every time there was a resurrection, back in the Old Testament, you had Abraham. And Abraham was told by God to take his son up to the mountaintop. And as he took his son up to the mountaintop, he told the servants, I and the boy shall return. What was he saying? He was having faith for the outcome. Amen? Now later on, we went up, we go to the mountaintop. The Bible said he pulled out the knife, lifted his hand, was ready to kill his son. God spoke out of heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham, don't do that. Now I know you won't withhold anything from me. In the New Testament, God said that Abraham had received his son in a, in a, in a model of death. It was as if his son had died and he got him back again. How did he get him back again? He had faith. There was a death. Death to Abraham's dream saying even though he knew that in his son was all of his legacy, all of his future, he was willing to surrender that to God. And in so many ways he received it back even better. There has to be a death. There has to be faith and there has to be the spirit of God. And so flash forward to the New Testament. Jesus uh, on the cross was crucified and the Romans came by and they, they beat him and they spit upon him and they plucked his beard out and they put the, the, the thorny crown upon his head and they beat it down with the rod. They pierced his side and they nailed him to the cross and after it was said and done they wrapped him up and they put him in a tomb. They rolled a huge stone in front of the tomb and set a guard there and sealed it with the seal and there on the inside there was a death. Jesus his body was there on that shelf but his spirit and soul went down to hell to pay for to take our place, to go to hell which should have been me and it should have been you. Down there he suffered. But after God said enough, he began to come up out of hell and come back into that very body. The Bible said the spirit of life began to move upon that body. Jesus came alive. And inside that tomb there was resurrection power that no stone could keep back. Inside that tomb there was resurrection power that no Roman centurion could stop. And there that stone rolled away and God the creator... The death, the spirit of God, and the faith. For he said, I, after I am risen again, I will meet you again. He said ahead of time. He knew it was going to happen. And I always get this picture. What was it like? What was it like when he rolled off of that shelf and stood up? And the stone rolled back. And the Roman centurions quaked in fear how the tables had turned. Amen. 
What was it like? Did the very blades of grass bow down to the Creator? Did the very, the very birds begin to sing His praise? Did the very tree begin to say, Almighty God, you are alive again. Later on in the book of Revelation, he said, I was dead, but I am alive forevermore. He was saying, I'm not going to die anymore. The resurrection is always greater than the death. But there's got to be the death. So I want to ask you tonight, I'm getting ready to close in just a bit. I want to ask you tonight, resurrection is not limited to just Easter. There is a power, a conclusion, a, 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 uh, a back from the dead, if you will, if you will come and say, I believe God can do it in my life. One of the hardest things, I think, for God to do in our minds, for a preacher to do in a church, for us to do in our own lives, is sometimes to instill that faith. It's not too late. You're not done with doesn't matter how old you are or what's happened or your police record or your past or your financial situation or your physical diagnosis. If you're facing a death, bring it to God and say, God, I surrender this to you because there is the Spirit of God here today. And if you'll bring your death and then you just link it together with that faith. Say, God, I just believe you can do it today. I just believe you can bring something good out of this situation. I refuse to just die and stay dead. I know you've got a resurrection for me. Amen? Would you stand right now, begin to lift your hands as the musicians come. I want a resurrection. I want that resurrection power. Maybe your Christianity is dead or cold or on life support. It's time for a resurrection, to come to God and say, God, I need that life inside of me. I need that life inside of me. I want you to begin to bring something alive again. I'm not going to allow just a dead, lukewarm, cold Christianity. I want that resurrection power. I may have sown in weakness, but I want to see it raised in glory. I want to see it raised in power. I may have messed up and sown in, in uh, dishonor, but I want to see it raised in glory. The resurrection power is better than the original if we'll just come to God and say, God, I know I've sinned. Listen to what the Bible said. He said, sin brings death. And we die because of that. But God didn't say it was over after we had died in sin. He said, you can have fresh life. You can have a new heart. You can have a fresh beginning if you just come to him. Come on, these altars are open. Why don't we begin to gather around and say, God, I want that resurrection power.